Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. We're on. Yeah, we're on. Just stay on, Mike. Don't go anywhere. Welcome okay, to the World of Ink Network. Founded in 2011 by Virginia Grenier and Marsha Cook. Their vision was to start a radio show that helped writers reach their dreams. The World of Ink has a wonderful group of hosts who are dedicated to delivering shows to entertain and inspire listeners. The World of Ink Network shares resources that introduce tips, products, and services to help strengthen, support, and challenge those who love writing and the written word. Their hope is to bring not only authors, illustrators, and publishers together, but screenwriters, directors, and producers. New to the network will be a variety of special shows, bringing not only entertaining shows, but informative discussions on timely subjects. To learn more about us, go to www.worldofinknetwork.com or visit us on... Welcome to the World of Ink Network. Hello. Hello. Okay, are you both on? Hi, it's Marsha. It's a good story. It's a good story. Mike, are you on? I'm on. Mike, are you on? Hello? Hello. Hello. Mike, are you on? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, Mike. Jim. Okay, wait a minute. Hello? Mike? Hello. Yes. Are you on? Can yeah. you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear okay. me? Okay. All right. The show's on. Okay. I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. Uh, Blog Talk must be having issues because Virginia called in, and she actually didn't call, and she couldn't call in, so she got in through her computer. So we'll have the show, and I don't know why it's working that way, but they may have a problem in Blog Talk because all that was coming up was uh, that the circuits are closed. So I guess it's there. So anyway, Mike, is uh, did you email – uh, Jim, at all? Or? I did. I did. Okay. Okay. Because I, I can, yeah, I can. Uh, as soon as I see his number, I'll let him in. Okay. So this has never happened. So anyway, so let's talk for a few minutes about. Okay, tell everybody about you. This is Mike Pettit. He's been on before, and um, sorry we had this confusion here. I've never had this in almost eight years. So. We're on. <laughs> That's all I can say. All right, Mike. I'm here. Um, okay. You know, all right. Tell everybody all about yourself because you've got a lot going on, a lot of books. You're out there marketing, doing your own books. Very I, successful. I, right now I'm in West Palm, and uh, on my way down to the Keys. Uh, I've got a couple of signings to do on my way down, but. Uh, uh, it's also, you know, the reason we might be having trouble communicating is because there's storms all over the South and the Midwest, so that might have something to do with Yeah, that. I think that we're, I'm in Chicago, so I don't think there's a storm here but uh, yet, but it does. It looked a little weird before. But and, yeah, I think Black Talk is in the East Coast, so I don't really know. And so mm-hmm. East Coast could be getting a bad storm. Pro- that's usually what happens. You know, sometimes the lines don't cross, but uh, Virginia's in Utah, so she got us on. So there, there you go. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I can't hear you as well as I usually do, but you're probably in a different area than you usually are. Yeah. I don't know if it's West Palm. Yeah, you're on a cell. I know. I can't, I can't hear that good, so I'm wondering how. 
Uh, okay, anyway, what I was going to tell you is I'm on my way down to Key West for the big show this weekend, um, uh, conference, writers' conference, and it's put on by uh, mystery writers, Key West Mystery Writers, which is an adjunct, which is part of the Mystery Writers of America. And there's going to be, I don't know, several hundred, maybe five, six hundred people at the convention, and it's going to be a good time. Uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of uh, writers going to be there, a lot of first-time authors, a lot of seasoned authors. So it's going to be a good, a good. Have you been uh, at this conference. one before? Have you been to this one before? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I have not, and uh, it, 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 I'm not bragging anything, but I, I entered their contest, and uh, for the for the Who Done It Award, I won. Oh, that's great! <laughs> that's great. <laughs> well, then it's a good visit there. They're giving me, you know, three dollars per diem, <laughs> so I can eat anywhere I want. <laughs> no, no, but well, you know what? You you've been doing a lot of shows. You've been doing several shows lately that you've been going to conferences. Oh my God. And... Yeah, you know, it's just uh, every in, in our business, as you know, you could be in a show every week around the whole country. Across yeah. The the world, actually. But you know, I country. keep saying I'm going. I still haven't gone anywhere. You know, I keep saying I'm going to go to one, but I can't pick the one that, you know, um, ones that I want to go to. You know, and I'm not ever sure of which one I want to go to, so I don't end up going to any. And I don't love flying. If I like flying, but, well, here's Jim. Okay, wait there. Let uh-huh. me let him in. Jim, is that you? It is indeed, Marsha. Okay, you? good. Hi. You know, I've never had this, and uh, I had a call Virginia. I partnered with World of Ink. She's in Utah, and she got it on. Um, I don't know. It was it's weird because Mike's been on several times before. I've done the show for almost eight years and not had a problem. So I think it might be the lines in on the East Coast. You know, there's like Mike was saying too. There's a lot of bad weather, and I know you two guys know each other. Mike was already talking. Jim, do you want to tell everybody you called in on our show last time? And um, yeah, I, call, we didn't get to I, hear. Call, I called in to harass Mike last time, and apparently you enjoyed me harassing him so much you invited me to come in as a guest. I, I think you. Sh- I'm glad you did come, and I've been looking you up, and you've done a lot of things. So, uh, do you want to just tell everybody? Uh, I mean, both of you, both of you guys are very adventurous, and you've done a lot in your careers. So, the, the more you do, the better you are at writing. So. Tell everybody about how you started this. When did you start? A while ago. You haven't. You, I know you have written just a few books, but you've been everywhere. I've been a storyteller since birth. I mean, my 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 kin are all North Carolina hillbillies, and you know, long storytelling tradition, and uh, you know, created a really keen sense of uh, time and place and uh, ties to kin kinfolk and and the like that. Uh, Really, just carried over to me, just you know, deciding to be a writer. I, I don't think I really had much choice in the matter, Marsha. It was, uh, uh, it was either it, it was either tell stories by telling them or tell stories by writing them, and I choose I chose the easier way out by writing. Uh, but you've been writing all along, way. though. I mean, you, you've been writing all along, not just not books. You've been writing other things, so you've been, no, you're I've been a correspondent. I've been a writer for yeah. for forty years. I, I, yeah. I was a journalist for more than 35 years and uh, national correspondent, basically a rover who got the uh, privilege of roving around the country, picking and choosing the stories I wanted to do. And I've written about everything from presidential campaigns to uh, 
you know, radio cowboys and neo-Nazis and uh, uh, rise of legalized gambling in America to uh, uh, illegal immigration, uh, you name it, and I've probably written about it. And that kind of provides... a lot of stories, a lot of stories. That's what it does. You know, when you write, when you, you know, I mean, people don't realize that a lot of times that, you know, I, I have a lot of friends and they're always saying like, you know, because I sometimes refer to people as characters that I say, oh, that would make a good character. Or I'm talking about different things and I refer to movies. But, you know, how do I, I people that are authors know that we get our stories because not that we're copying anybody. We're just, it's life. We're just doing things we've heard yeah, in life I, I or things we've seen. There are people, you know, kind of the two schools of writing, one, you know, imagination, the other is, you know, life experience. And I think that's kind of the Hemingway school. And I'm definitely from that side of the, uh, of the aisle. Uh, uh, I think, I think Mike know, is too. Mike, Mike, wouldn't you say that's you too? And you're like that too. I'm just going to make one comment, one side, is that uh, you know they say to write what you know, and in all of my books, I always have my ex-wives in there. Oh, okay. Always, <laughs> all right. Do they know that they're in these books? Exciting life. 
Um, no, I think I think that's where people get experience, you know, uh, from life, you know. And I really doing research, you know. Like I, I used to go to the library a lot. Then, when, you know, now you don't even have to do that because you're on the computer and you can find out anything you want to know. And um, that's a good thing because you know, even if you I write romantic comedy sometimes, and along with other film, uh, other things, because I did screenwriting, but. You know, I still like to find, you know, the right word or the right, using it in the right way, or if I can't think of something that should fit in. So whatever you're using, you have to research somewhat. And, and, you know, and if you have a character like, you know, a popular character like both of you have in your books that you're going to be using, I think then you just get used to the character, but you put them in different, you know, situations, which I think, Jim, is that what you're planning on doing? With your books? Well, uh, you know, I mean, back to Mike's point, I mean, you, you know, there's the, the old saw that you write what you know. Well, that's yeah. just the starting point. You know, research right. and, and, you know, that, that's vitally important. Uh, yeah. I don't care what type of, you know, genre you're writing in. Uh, you, you you need to, to do as much research as you can um, to bring authenticity to the work. You know, you're not going to write everything you learn, uh, hopefully otherwise that would be just a boring academic, you know, right, uh, exercise. Right, 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 but but right. it'll it'll create that firm foundation for your work. Uh yeah. it'll help inform your work. And you weave it in with things you already know from, you know, experiences. I mean as a reporter, I was doing research on the fly. You know, now I take the things I know about and research, you know, from yeah. the comfort of my easy chair. You know, and, uh, uh, you know, I still dial people up on the phone. I still, you know, write emails and ask them questions. It's just, uh, you know, a different, you know, I'm using different tools than flying out to where they're at and, you know, notebook and pen. But, you know, I still still actually, you know, um, I I like making notes, and I like, you know, a lot of times – if I'm just uh, go for coffee or for lunch, whatever, and by, by, if I'm by myself, I'll just you know be writing because, and then, you know, then I'm naturally I'll get to the computer later. But for me, sometimes when I'm writing that way, I it's just freer. I just write. And I don't have to you know it just comes out much more naturally. And then if I sometimes sit at the computer, you know, then at least I have a place to start, and then I just move on, you know, because. Uh, as we know, some people, I, I don't have that where I sit there and I just stare, but a lot of people do. They sit there and stare at what to write. And I, usually I would tell people, just keep writing, you know, and you you may not like what you've written, but then you can always get rid of that, but it'll keep you going. Because once you stop, you know, that's not a good thing. You just got to keep going. You know, we all have issues some days where we don't feel like writing or whatever, but once you're writing, most of us feel better once we're actually sitting there. And sometimes you don't like what you've written, but you might use it another place or you might end up taking it out completely, which is what happens a lot. But just keep writing. You know, don't just stop. Now, one of the things that I concentrate on when I'm writing a book is the characters that are involved in the character development. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I like to have it, – it's so easy for a new author to fall into the trap where all of the characters you have in the story are all the same guy. They yeah, sound like yeah. the same person. And what I do is I pick out the uh, unique parts of, of my characters so they each have their own personality, their own quirks, yeah. maybe their own physical descriptions, you know, whether it's a scar across the eye or, or whatever. But 
Um, but like, for example, I have a character, his name is Max Sims, and he's a taxi driver in Key West, but he's, he's a, uh, uh, from, from uh, Manhattan. So he, he's a cab driver in Manhattan, and he takes that attitude down to the Keys, which is laid back and easy going. And, and so he's one of my more popular characters in my series. But uh, to, to new authors, and, and even old authors too, uh, if, if you don't do your character development correctly, and, and give them some depth and not just real surface things. You give them some personality, especially with a series. Yeah. The series themselves these days, you know, standalone books are fine, but it, it takes a series to really uh, get, get yourself known and, and out into the public arena, you know, for doing your, 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 your boosting your brand, which is yourself, and then your marketing of your product. But uh, to any authors that are, uh, as a, a book or two under the belt, they know what I'm talking about because one of the biggest things that writers have writer block over is what to do with their characters. And, you know, I do a lot of subplots, and so I have a lot of characters. And one of the toughest parts is you're progressing through to the end, and you, you identify what your plot is, what's your story about, and then you bring all the characters along at the same pace. And it's very easy to lose a character if you're not careful. You know, maybe you left him back in Chapter 3 and you're on Chapter 25, and then all of a sudden you remember that he, you left him in the garbage can or a dumpster somewhere, you have to do something with him. So, you I mean, left him on the side of the road. Yeah. I'm in violent <laughs> agreement with Mike on this because I think too many authors don't pay enough attention to character development yeah. And uh, um, and keeping track of their characters as they you know m- you know move through writing the book, um, you know my 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 books have got a, a lot of characters in them, but they're all moving uh, in the same direction uh, unless I kill them off. And uh, uh, you know, you, 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 it's like you know juggling plates in the air. You know, you, you all of a sudden you realize you know. Oh, it's been two or three chapters since that guy has made an appearance. You know, uh, do I actually need him? You know, and I've gone back and killed off guys or you know, gotten them out of the book. You know, because they were kind of mildly amusing when I wrote wrote them, but they're not contributing to the story. So you go back Which, and right. I, I you know what we guy, have, but you uh, might but you might keep them for another book. I mean, you know. That's right. You never know when you're going to use them. Uh, Virginia, you want to do you want to talk today, Virginia? Yeah, actually. Well, okay, hi. Uh, meet Virginia. I don't know if you met. I did you know this is Jim and this is Mike. Uh, this is Virginia. I think you met Mike once. This is Virginia yeah, Veneer. She's the partner with World of Ink, and she's what got mm-hmm. us on today. Do you have a que- Do you have questions? No, I was just joining the show. Oh, good. <laughs> Since I'm available, finally. <laughs> you what? And I, I'm finding what you guys are talking about very interesting. I'm enjo- I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I, I know Mike. I've been on one show with Mike. I've actually read um, his, his one series. I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, but you know, because you you're right now, Virginia. You know, she's done children's books, but she's also develop. She has characters that she is developing. So, uh, Virginia, you know, I know you have, like, strong opinions on character development. Do you want to just say a little bit about how you feel about that? Because your characters, you know, you're always, that's important to you. Yeah, um, I actually have taught a few workshops on, on character development. And I mean, I, I always tell people when when I teach and I'm out there talking about it that there's two types of 
author, well, there's three, but technically two types of authors. There's the plot-driven author, and then there's the character development author. And I always make the comment that, you know, go read Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, and which book you like better will tell you which type of author you are. If you like Hobbit, you're more character-driven. If you like Lord of the Rings, you're more plot-driven. If you like them both equally, you can do both. Um, but I tend to find that stories that, at least the ones I see that hit the New York bestsellers list or tend to win awards or tend to really grab readers in are more character-driven, you know, where the characters are, you know, developed, they grow, they're very, um, gosh, now I'm on the spot, so I can't even think of what, rounded um, and dynamic versus being more stagnant and flat. Um, so, and the, I, yeah, you know, I couldn't agree more, Virginia. I think I, I, uh, you're probably preaching to the choir talking to Mike and I about this because I think both our books are very character-driven and dialogue-driven. And, uh, uh, you know, you, it's amazing to me, you know, the, the kind of vehemence that's, that, that folks who are of the plot-driven uh, variety or advocates of uh, are against uh, character development and dialogue and creating a strong sense of place, which I think are the things that make uh, a book come alive and make a plot mm-hmm. come alive. Yeah, oh, I agree. I, you know, I, totally I agree, agree that. Yeah, me too. You know, because in my career, I've done you know a lot of screenplays, so I do dialogue. You know, um, probably better than I do description. But I love dialogue because I talk a lot, and I and my characters talk a lot, and so I think it's you know. People get to, you know, when people start out writing, I think when I started out, I didn't realize how to do that. But when I did screenwriting, I learned how to talk and you edit yourself at the same time because you can't go on and be boring in a screenplay because you only have a certain amount of time. You have like 90 to 120 pages, so you can't go into a lot of depth. So you have to make it meaningful. You know, one or two sentences can make a very big difference and I, like I would always tell people you sometimes you can't change like they'll say oh you can change something but sometimes when you change part of you you can't change your character sometimes and why would you want to because your character is a person so and if you change something in your script or in a book you also have to make it rounded with the rest of your book or your script because you just you know people say oh you could change a page you can't because if you add something different with a page it may change every the way the whole book or screenplay goes you just can't yeah that's another that's another thing i think you know rookie writers and and way too many editors don't realize when you make that slash you are changing the totality of of the work uh, right. or the chapter, um, and it, it doesn't take much to uh, kind of, uh, you know, rip the heart out of uh, out of a story. And, uh, of course, I'm, I'm a kind of grizzled old journalist and notorious for flipping the bird at, uh, at editors <laughs> who uh, just wanted to, like, you know, cut to, for cutting's sake, and... You know that's kind of mindless. I mean, that's one of the that's one of the reasons why I've decided to be a self-published guy. I don't have to put up with, you know, editors who, you know, want to push the work in a direction I don't want the work to go. Right. We'll make the story into something else. Usually, you know, trying to push you to make it uh, into something that mimics the last book they were able to sell to a publishing house or the last bestseller. 
Jim, I tell you what, I think that we're seeing a major shift in the industry because you don't see that happening so much anymore, especially with, with the tremendous growth in the indie publishing. You know, the old days of the agent, editor, slashing and burning and author's work to say get something out up in front of the publisher uh, are gone. Pretty much gone. The editors today, especially. In the you know, it really, book. it really is a shame. It is a shame uh, because you know I I was an agent for like twenty years, but you know, and what I've said on many shows before is how many of the people that uh-huh. I represented they gave up too fast, and they were so good. But you know, you just can't. They just the, whatever their topic was, they didn't want it at the time, or they didn't, you know, and they let a lot of the publishers several years ago. They let a lot of stuff go when they should have been publishing them because a lot of people that have independently published have done very well with their careers, you know, uh, because most readers, they really don't care who publishes the book. They want a story. They want to read a good story, and they're not interested if it's the big six or not. You know, I think people now are looking for the story, which they should have always been doing. I would agree with you, Marsha. I find that most people, when I go out to, um, like, you know, book festivals and, and conventions and stuff. And, and we just recently had the Salt Lake Comic Con, um, you know, a few months back. And that was one of the, the big things that I noticed just talking to, because there's quite a few both published um, through, you know, the traditional publishing route and self-published authors in Utah. And um, when I was talking to people there and just talking to the readers and, uh, you know, asking them, you know, what, you know, what books, you know, did what authors were you hoping to come see? Because they had that whole author wing, and I found that it was even between traditional and self-published, and I saw when I knew that a book was, you know, through self-published, like Mikey Brooks's, which Marcia and I, there's an author we know named Mikey Brooks, who has an amazing middle grade series that he's written, and they, you know, obviously his readers had no idea that this is a self-published book, and, you know, I asked him, well, what do you like about, you know, this particular um, series, and it was always going right back to what you guys have talked about earlier, you know, the whole, you know, not so much the plot, but it's the characters and, and feeling that they are being drawn away into the story and, and yeah. other reality from their everyday lives. And I, I, I totally agree. I, I think readers could care less who the publisher is as long as they feel they're being transported. You know, also, hey, yeah. I, I'm in agreement there. I think what you, what, you know, you have to tell a good story, you have to, you know, present it in a very professional, clean-looking package, you know, good cover art, you know, well-formatted, well-edited. But, you know, folks don't distinguish. I think they distinguish less and less. You know, is it one of the big publishers or not, as long as it's a good story. Now, getting it in front of them, so they discover this good story, I mean, that's a whole other That's hard, yeah. I, th- I think the door is open if you can get it in front of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the thing we have is, is our whole industry is is split. Uh, it, it, the industry is changing, and it's changing more to the electronic side as opposed to the hard print business. And the big five in New York, they're out of New York and Chicago, uh, are scrambling to try to name a meaningful and to that end, they are taking their stable of, of uh, popular authors and putting them on ebooks and so forth. And, yeah, but did you uh, feel 
you know, do you that? Are you so like? The, I think when we're talking right now about the new trends, you know, I'm, this is going back. A lot of people are now wanting paperback because, you know, and I think I know one of the reasons because I'm starting to. You know, I gave. I used to give people ebooks as gifts, but they don't even go claim them. A lot of them don't. You know, and if they do claim them, they put it in their, in the Kindle, and they forget about it. But if you hand someone a book, they they're like really happy. A lot of people to get the book, and I'm thinking, you you know, why why is that? I mean, paperback is still a should be okay for a lot of people. I read both ways, you know, but I think that some people are starting that we're reading ebooks or you know, just loading up their Kindle are now maybe thinking of going the other route of buying paperbacks again and having them with them. Actually, halfway right. Let me finish talking in just a second. Uh, I just finished reading a a report that Amazon put out that last year there there was zero growth. In fact, there was a drop in growth in hardback, traditional hardback. Uh, Paperbacks grew in popularity and, and sales. And ebooks grew, but not at the same pace as paperbacks. So yeah. Amazon, smart, smart marketers that they are, you know, they've got their their own uh, 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 create a creative space, their publisher, and of course then they have Kindle. And Amazon right now is getting almost three thousand books a day downloaded to Kindle, and so it's a huge amount of ebooks. Um, but but then they have now changed their system where you can do a Kindle paperback instead of going to create a space. You design it right there and develop it right there when you download the ebook. And so you have them side by side, and they all fall into Kindle. So it's just yeah. amazing. Industry is changing where you've got the traditional guys up north, and then you've got the boutique print-on-demand people who are. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen to them. I wish them luck. But I think more and more individual writers, if you're serious about your craft, if you're serious about making money in this business, then you must be an indie You know, I, I've talked to a lot of people lately that have been on my show, and um, a lot of them have, like, given up. And a lot of them, what they did is they peaked real early, like about f- maybe four years ago, all of their ebooks were doing phenomenal. So they just kept doing the same kind of book, and they kept going. And then a lot of them now, they're not making any money at all. And so instead of writing something different or just moving along, they're just giving up, which is not a good thing. And I don't know why, but I've heard from several people lately that their sales have dropped. And I think it's because, you know, you can't. it doesn't always stay the same. You have to, you know push yourself out there as we know that the marketing part is horrible but we have to do it and you just can't sit back and go okay fine and a lot of times if you're not writing like I think Virginia we were talking about that before but you want to say mm-hmm. one thing that I we never talk about in the show are you to have the whisper you well, you want to just bring that up for a minute about what people can do to hear the audio book if it's not on audibles they you know when we all yeah. have audio books so how um, they can hear that yeah, because I, I flip back and forth between my Kindle and my um, uh, paperbacks, um, and I'm going to talk more about I want to talk more about the millennials and that after this. But um, when I get a Kindle, when I have a Kindle book that isn't um, doesn't have like the Whisper Sync or you know an audio book that's available for it, um, there is the text to speech, and you can pick depending on the version of your tablet or Kindle that you have, sometimes you can pick um, 
the narrator they naturally have on there, their computerized narrator. I think there's like two guys and two females generally that you can select through. You can pick the, the speed and stuff. So I have done that. Um, you can do that. It works. Um, obviously, Tracy, Tracy McDonald, who we've had on the show before, who's a blonde, blonde, go ahead, blind author. <laughs> so she uses, that's how I learned this, was because obviously she has to use that um, quite frequently since, you know, not everything is an audio book. So she has to do the text-to-speech. Um, the one thing that, that I've noticed in using that she brought up um, is unfortunately it reads everything. So it reads the page number. It will, if there's footnotes, it will, go, it will read the footnotes. So it can kind of throw you off depending on the type of book you uh, have doing that. So oh, it, it does read the little, footnotes? Oh, that will probably will, drive yeah, people crazy. It will. Yeah. So if, it ha- if a book yeah. has footnotes, if you're in a book that's got that kind of a thing going, um, so it can throw you off sometimes a little bit because of that. But, I mean, if it's like a straight normal fiction book, generally, you know, it reads pretty smoothly for you. So it's 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 nice so you can use that option. Um, what I was going to say about the millennials is, is my son's a millennial. He's 21. And um, the thing I've noticed, he used to be very much into the technology, the Kindles, the audio books, and more of that stuff. And I've recently noticed he's back to paperback, you know, books when he's reading he's moved away from a lot of them are starting to move away from technology because they've been so inundated their whole entire lives that they're actually moving away from it so i think that's why amazon's seeing that with their selves (laughs) yeah yeah maybe maybe yeah Mm -hmm. because you know yeah because they're always on the computer or they're on their phone and sometimes you might want some alone time you know Mm -hmm. rather than you know i mean so i think maybe that sounds like a good thing. I know, Jim. I know you don't have an e- uh, audio book yet. Are you interested in that? Are you thinking of that? No, I, I am interested. In fact, I'm talking. A good friend of mine down here, a fellow author, has just got uh, one of his books out, and uh, he and I are talking about uh, using uh, the guy who narrated his books because my guy, you know, the guys in my book, uh, they're they're Texans or Southerners, and I need uh, uh, you know that. You want right, right. You want that, make yeah, the book kind of, uh, authentic, yeah. and uh, I just haven't, just haven't had time to, you know, pull that trigger and make that happen yet. Um, yeah, like I'm having a show next week about audio books, but. Uh, I, you know, I think it's a very hard, Mike, I don't know, but I think it's, you know, it's a, I love it, but I think it is very tough for people to, you know, uh, if they, if you want to even send them a gift, they can't do it as well as they could before. When we, when I first started doing the audiobooks two years ago, you could give a gift to somebody and they give you the codes, but now the people don't seem to go pick them up because it's too much. It's like they can't do it in one second, and unfortunately everybody wants to do something in one second. I don't know, Mike, how do you feel about it from the time you started doing the audibles till now? Well, you know, I've got, I've got six audible books out, and um, I'll probably do more. Uh, but it's a hard sell, and I'll tell you why. It's not because it's difficult to get your book uh, narrated and read. The problem is the price that is charged. Right, um, exactly. Exactly, I mean, that's the price. It's the price. It's too expensive. You're talking $20 for you know, yeah. 60,000-word uh, book, and, uh, and then it's in the cloud, so you're not ever holding anything. It's there if you ever want to read it the second time or whatever. But yeah. it's not you can put in a in your Rolodex or whatever. But yeah, I think that's what's thing. happening to it. I think they're going to have to figure out something because I think that you know, um, 
I can see the difference now. The people aren't, you know, and um, I think that if you have a children's book, like Virginia knows, those are only a couple dollars on the audio book. But yeah. when you get into the more, you know, more words, it's a lot more money. And I think people are, you know, they're missing the experience because it's too expensive for people. It's, it's, yeah. It is it's a lot of money. Yeah. Marcy, real quick, let me what's said that last year Amazon did a study that showed that hardback, or paperbacks is a growth period. The largest part of that growth is attributed to graphics books geared towards the high schooler and the college student. They're graphic books. They're not the written words. They're the cartoon books, you know, like, yeah. uh, like anime and all the others. I mean, but, but, but that's, the, that's the where it's going um, for that, for the millennial, because they are not good readers. In fact, the, um, the, um, the standard for reading comprehension under the flight under the price stage had gone from the 12th, 12th grade comprehension to 10th grade. Now they've dropped it down to the 9th grade level of the American reader. 9th grade level comprehension. So, so a lot of the books are going more, especially to the millennials, because they don't have their reading capability. They're not illiterate, but they're almost. Uh, and so they're looking at graphic books. If you go to uh, a bricks and mortar store, go to uh, Barnes & Noble, the graphic book section is as big alone as the entire fiction section of all the other. Yeah, songs. I think I think you know, I think it's all moving in different directions, and I think that's the problem for authors. The problem for authors is which way do you go? But I think you know, in my opinion, what I, there is no answer. You know, as many guests as I've had, and the many people that have been talking about it in Virginia, I go through this all the time. There's no answer, you know. And you know, whatever someone did a year ago, it's going to probably change. But so I think that. I mean, I've been trying to mentally get back to the fact of how much I love writing and just writing, and then I I find myself now when I'm going to market. Sometimes I go like, just write, just keep write for a while, and then you can go back to marketing later because I think it gets in the way of writing. So I mean, I'm trying to go back to the way I was before, where I wasn't so interested in how many books I was selling, is how good my story is, and so I'm very fussy. So for me, I think I'm going to have to stop a lot of this marketing because I think it does block your brain. Well, you only have so many hours in the day. So what are you going to devote it to? Hawking your books, uh, holding down a day job, and writing? uh, Yeah. You you have to make a decision, and you have to be disciplined about that. You You know, okay, I'm going to do... Marketing from this hour to this hour. I'm going to write this hour to that hour, you know, and, and you got to stick to that. I mean, you so do how much have to marketing, do Jim? How much marketing do you do? How much marketing do you do? Uh, it seems like I spend uh, way too much time doing that, and not enough yeah. time to yeah. uh, right. you know, do right. I mean, I, I, I play the. Uh, I, I have ads on, uh, you know, via, via Amazon. That seems to be the most uh, steadily uh, productive. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, um, I've got a blog. I've got the author page. I've got a website. You know, I do the, the Facebook thing, which I've come to the conclusion is great for getting your name out there, but doesn't really lead to direct sales as uh, as. See, that's as what that's what Virginia and I were just Virginia, does. Right, right. That's yeah. what Virginia and I were saying. We were thinking about the blog or the website or you know what works, what doesn't work. I mean. 
Yeah, I answer it. I think most authors are spending too much time marketing and not enough writing nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a seductive trap, you know. Yeah, it is. You know, you just start doing that because it it becomes almost mechanical, and then that gets you away from from the writing, and you really have to kind of, you know, beat yourself over the head and say, no, don't do that. That's like what I'm trying to do now, right? It's true because it it really does, you know, because when you're writing, you're thinking like, oh, I should be marketing, but then I hate marketing. (laughs) I have to say that. I don't like it at all. But back to the point, though, about the, you know, kind of the conflicting trend lines, I I think Mike, you know, makes a good point that you have, you know, the graphic novels are are, are, are taking off, yet you still, you also have a trend where people are starting to pick up paperbacks. Yeah. I I don't know whether that's generational or or not, but I don't think it's all that contradictory. I think folks who want to read and, you know, no matter what their age is, I think right. they're getting away from the Kindle because they want to unplug, you know. Whereas I think they, I actually think people are tired of that. I, I think that's true. You know, even when you're seeing, you know, so many people, you know, I know from a lot, you know, more a lot of people were get, getting, you know, desktops, then they went to laptops, then they went to the readers, the Kindles. Now I can't even believe sometimes that I'm doing things on my phone where I'm going like I can't believe I'm reading this book on my phone because when I years ago when someone said they were reading their book on the phone, I'm going how could they do that? It's ridiculous. Now I find myself doing that, you know. So, you know, because sometimes you'll be somewhere where you're, you know, doctor's office, you're having coffee, whatever. It's so much easier. And But then sometimes when you get home, you go like, oh, I don't feel like this anymore. And that's when maybe the people are now picking up a book. Let's see if they'll do that with newspapers because that would help the newspaper <laughs> market because <laughs> nobody seems to be wanting to read the newspaper anymore. Marcia, are you there? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I don't know whether I've lost you. If you lost me or not, I was trying to bring up a point. No, I hear you. Yeah, I can. We can hear you. There's the key to success for authors. You write six hours a day and you market four hours a day, seven days a week. You write as many books as you can and put them out as fast as you can, and you push and you're constantly trying to expand your reach out to as many people as you can through social platforms. And I guarantee you that you will make sales on ebooks and paperbacks. Wait, well, let me just say, I, I missed what you said at the beginning, so maybe everybody else did too. You're saying, how much do you market? Every day. I'm, I'm, me personally, I do six hours a day, but I write six hours a day and I market six hours a day. I, I just have to be truthful. There's no way that I, I, I really will not market six hours a day. I, I have to put me away soon. I, I could no, not I think market. Right. Oh, I heard, was right. I heard six hours a day writing for marketing. Did I not hear that right? Okay. You said six, six, six hours for marketing and six hours for writing. Every, no, hey, six for writing, the, four the, for marketing. But the number doesn't matter. Mike's point is is that, that you know, he, he disciplines himself to write and market. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the, 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 with, a, with an emphasis on the writing. You know, and that's you know, I think that's the key is is discipline, you know, and and sticking to that and not getting distracted by the bells and whistles or getting deep into a blog post and you know you got to you know you, you, that's that's something you can you, you can almost make you know automated. Although Mike Mike's very clever in his marketing, 
Uh, yes, he is very know, clever. I learned, a lot, I learned and, a lot from him and the uh, you know Owen Parr. And Mike has a Mike has a big audience. Mike has a big audience, and uh, he's worked for it. But he has a loyal audience. I myself have not stayed in one genre, which I've said many times. You know, it's not really about my writing. It's a, a lot of times it's a, the genres. I have a lot of different genres. And my advice to people is stay in the same genre, even though I didn't. But I started years ago. So, you know, I can't forget that I did the children's books, but I'm not doing them now. But the fact is, then every time a kid comes up to me that they love the book, then I go, oh, they like the book, so I, I can't just pretend I didn't do them, but sometimes I feel like I just want to market everything else, you know, but the children's books. But that's the thing, when you get yourself, because, Mike, you've stayed in the genre, and that is my advice to people now, is stay in the genre, and then you can pick up a loyal audience. It's really hard to get an audience when you move around, such as I did. I, you know, I, I, I've done the show for a lot of years, and so I do say what the things I don't think you should do because I try a lot of stuff. Virginia knows this. I do. Mm-hmm. And I say what I think is not good. I've done some of this. So I think Mike's success is because of that. You know, he has stayed in the genre and has loyal readers. Yeah, to, an, to an extent that it's true. The thing is, it's, it's like a business. I am the brand. I have, people must know who I am because yeah. if they didn't know who Mike said it was, they're not going to buy my book. Okay. If, if, yeah. you know, people, you see people put these, these comments out there saying, buy my book, it's 99 cents today. That's craziness. You must know who your readers are. You must market uh, uh, to them, your reading base, your fan base, and that's how you build that. I've written in a lot of different topics. I've written in the uh, autobiography just recently, uh, Raised by Wolf. And, and that thing has been an outstanding success. Uh, but but that's because people know my name. They 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 would be hard pressed, just like if I were to ask you to name James Patterson's latest five books, you couldn't do it. But you know who James Patterson is. Well, so Virginia's you, always talking. <laughs> Virginia, that's I, well, I took a workshop with him. Always talking so that, about James Patterson. <laughs> that's because I took a workshop with him last. I time. know. Husband, I know. My husband paid for me to go to go to a workshop with James I know. Patterson. Christmas, so that's why I talk about him because I know I feel I know. really got it in depth from James, his perspective of writing, and it really opened my eyes. And, and Mike, what you said is is very true. I mean, he, he, with James Harrison, that's just what said, you said yesterday. That is just what you said to me yesterday. I did. I did. I just brought him up yesterday. <laughs> but, but I think Mike brings about a point. It's the reason why James Patterson, why Mike is able, to, you know, even Mike Pettit here is able to right in in other genres is because I think you guys, one, you've built your name, you've branded yourselves, and two, I think at least at least what James, and I, I, I don't know, Mike, if this is your history, but with James Patterson, one of the things he said is, you know, these were the books I wrote, and I did these for a while. Then after people got to know me for this, then I tried something new. If that did well, I focused on that for a while, and then when, you know, that was established and I had a reader base for that, then I tried something else new. And I think that's what's been key for him and being able to be in so many different, you know, being in the, in the middle grade and to do the co-authoring and then to, of course, do his own stuff is because he established each one for a while before he moved on to something new and kept branding himself at the same time. I think yeah. authors who fail don't, is because they're not doing that. You know, there's, uh, within, you know, you can talk about the different genres, 
But I think what it is also is the themes. Uh, there are four or five major things that if anyone writes about, you can you can sell the book. You know, if you have a private investigator, there's going to be somebody out there, some audience. Yeah, out there right. Yeah, it. that's true. You know, that's very true. And that, that would be a kid that's in peril, a, a, a child that's hurt or lost or kidnapped. That's a sure seller. Another another good thing is a, a protagonist who drinks who's drunk. I mean, if you have a drunk lawyer or something, I mean, it's a guaranteed sale. Uh, illicit romance, you know, some some girlfriend on the side or something, and it gets caught yeah. or whatever. Those are sure, sure good topics, and you can sell those yeah. in a romantic genre. You can sell them in, in a uh, soft, yeah. um, I'm sorry, I say soft. Yeah, I think, but look, at I think, you know, I think that's true, you know, and I think it's true, branding is really important, and that's why, you know, uh, one of the things is true, though, which is when you're on a radio show or you have a radio show, the good thing is, is that you are out there a lot, and, and Google does pick up. Like if you have a show, like Virginia and I have done this for years, so our shows go up to the top, you know, it goes out right away. But And that's what people don't realize is you cannot stop putting your name out there, regardless of what it is, you know, your show, you're on a show. I saw both of you market our show. And I want to thank you because a lot of authors come on and write, you know, screen whatever, they don't market our, the show. We market it, but they're not marketing that they're on the show and they're both missing, of you did that they're missing a great opportunity to you know you know to brand them and yeah, i appreciate as, that you did that and so does virginia and, we love when people do that but they don't do that and one of the things that they should do is do that because not because of us it's because people it's good when they hear their voice and make it makes them real too you know, when they listen to a show. And our shows are on demand, so it's always out. But I do think people like to hear, you know, the person that they're reading a lot of times. Well, beyond that, that, that's certainly true. I mean, you know, the, the, you know being on your show and... and, and any show, though, any, any blog talk, you know, any blog talk. You know, gives, you know. gives re- readers an opportunity to hear you talk and... and, and yeah. And, and learn how you think and, and your approach to writing. But beyond yeah. that, I mean, if you are, it, it doesn't make any sense to me not to take advantage of that kind of hook for promoting yourself, promoting your brand, and promoting your book. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. all the while while giving, you know, your show a boost, you know, you're, it's, it's cross-promotional. We appreciate and it, and we do, and we do, right, do that? that's, right, that's what Virginia and I were just talking about yesterday of what we, you know, with the blog, or, the, you know, should we do more with the blog, should we do more with the website, because we actually do, you know, which Mike knows this already, and I think Jim, you'll realize it too, we have repeat guests on, and because, you know, like, I just, we don't just forget about the person just when they're on the show, because I'm watching what a lot of people are doing, and sometimes I even see people that are getting depressed, which, unfortunately, a lot of people out there are they get depressed because their books aren't selling so then I'll like email them separately and see how you are and whatever because you know their writers are, are really it's very tough out there so that's one of the reasons Virginia and I keep doing these shows is because we want writers to keep writing and not stop you know because they get depressed I, I think Jim had a really good point though on what he was saying about um, you know why wouldn't authors use this opportunity yeah. And the one thing yeah. that I have found, because I was 
one of the things with World of Ink, my part as being a partner was I used to do, which I don't do anymore, but um, I did a lot of our services, like the book tours and stuff for authors. Right. And what's really interesting that I found during the book tours, and I'm, I can talk freely about this now since we, we have, we're not offering that anymore, is yeah. a lot of the authors thought, well, you're doing all the marketing for me and putting my name out there, so therefore I don't have to do this. I'm paying someone else to do it. And, and, and you're totally right, Joe. I mean, they miss the fact that they have a different audience and a different type of reach than whatever PR person they have helping get their name out there. And, you know, frankly, when I see authors who, don't, who aren't promoting themselves, you know, and I'm not saying they have to run around tooth or horn and say, oh, I'm a fabulous author. I'm not saying that by any means. But just say, hey, look, I was on the show. This is really cool. I'm, it was such a great opportunity. I, you know, I'm sharing this with you. I, I feel that they're more of a person than someone who's trying to do the whole buy my book. Because that's yeah. how I see yeah. authors who yeah, don't I mean, you, share. You're showing, you're showing yourself as a as, as a citizen, you know, yeah. Yeah. not just some guy who's who, who's got the huckster pitch, and mm-hmm. uh, you know. I, yeah, I, I, know I think it's I think it's really important. Over with, yeah. I'll, I'll probably put in my you know up on social media outlets. Hey, had a great time mixing it up with uh, Marsha and yeah. Virginia and Mike on uh, you know the World of Ink uh, um, you know blog talk radio. Yeah, I, I think it's, yeah, it's we, we so appreciate board, it, but it's interesting that people don't do it. And then I have noticed, though, you know, because we share a lot of things, but I notice that after a while, like I'll see people and I'm thinking, like, I'm still, you know, sharing their stuff, but after they're on the show, they, like, forget we exist. And I'm thinking, like, why? And then sometimes people say, I asked someone to be on the show in a couple of weeks, and she said she didn't have a new book. And I go, well, that's okay. I could still have you on. It doesn't matter if you had, you were a good guest and I enjoyed having you on. So if you don't have a new book, that's okay. We could talk about your other things that you've done. you know. And it doesn't always have to be a new book because a lot of times people, you know, they shy away from not talking to people because people think if they don't have something right this minute. But that's not true. They're still interesting. You know, uh, it doesn't matter if you have a book out tomorrow or if you had a book out a year ago. Well, and, you know, and, and, and you're right. I mean, it, it's uh, think, think of all the uh, think of all the uh, talk shows you used to see Truman Capote on uh, long after he dried up as a writer. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was a, well, he was a well, weird <laughs> and interesting character. You know. Uh, I just, I, I just, it just makes sense to me to to cross promote and take note of you know where you're going to be appearing and you know thank folks for having you on board and, and it you know shows a little bit of humility and uh, humbleness. On your part well, we love it, but, but we love it, and but we do it a lot, you know. And I think it's really important for people. And Mike is out there always promoting everybody, you know. I mean, and you know that's a good thing. So I mean, but I do think Virginia and I had this conversation yesterday too. I didn't know Virginia was coming on, <laughs> which I'm glad she did. But um, you know, we have this a lot because we try to figure out, you know, how to promote. Our authors, and you know, uh, I guess I should announce this also that we are going to do children's books again. You know, like we use, we're going to try to have some of the children's authors on again because we did stop doing that. And um, Virginia, I didn't even tell you yet, so I'll just say this: okay, I, your children's <laughs> magazine that's now called it's the World of Ink, but it's children's stories. So we can, you know, we'll, so be looking for all those shows for the ch- kids' books because you know the, a lot of the. Authors that Virginia and I knew, they're gone. They just yeah. 
like disappeared, so, and that's yeah. a shame. Well, you mentioned it, something else about uh, that, that I think right. is also very important. It's like uh, promoting other authors and, and helping each other out. I mean, Mike's been very gracious uh, to you know, boost my books. I've tried to return the favor. Owen Parr the same way, uh, and it's you know I've learned a lot by by talking to these guys, and uh, they've been gracious to show me the ropes. And it's another opportunity to, to you know, brand yourself and show yourself as a, a citizen of the web, you know, yeah. without yeah. without whacking somebody over the head with a with a book sale. Yeah, yeah. I think I yeah. think Mike had something that was had something to say to that too. I, I, I was trying to say a couple minutes ago. Sorry, I, I think I'm, I missed the uh, the bad place. I don't know when you can hear me or not, but uh, what I was going to say is. Put it in perspective. Number one, Marcia, you've got probably one of the most popular shows on Blog Talk. And, oh. and you're picking up a lot Thank of Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I have no idea. Thank you. The reason I know that is very simple. Uh, by me being on your show tonight, I'm going to see a 20 to 25% jump in sales overnight. Really? That's good. Exactly. And, and good to know. That relates it's, to uh, my speech change. Thank you very much. So, so that is one of the payouts for being on the show and boosting yourself. You know, you can come on talk about your books, but you need to talk about yourself as well. But uh, I, I like coming on your show. I've been on it four or five times now, and I spread the word. And uh, I think that uh, um, we need. We appreciate. It. Well, listen, Virginia and I are always very happy when people promote us because you know we really appreciate when they do that, and we have done shows for well, almost eight years now. You know, yeah. a, a year and a half on uh, World of Ink, and then we have well, our own World. I mean, uh, uh, Red Red River, and then we have our own for a year and a half up here. You know, yeah. I mean, eight years, seven and a half years. I think it's seven years. Seven years. I don't even know how many years. It seems like forever, it's, but it doesn't seem that seven. long. Because we started when I had Sabrina, and Sabrina seven. Okay. Yeah. So I, I was doing my about, I was doing it about a year before, about eight months before on Red River before we did it together. So about I'm almost there. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. It, so it goes fast, but you know, and a, a lot of people, you know, have left, but there's still a lot of people out there, you know, and that's why, you know, we offer people to come on the shows, you know, and don't think if you have not a new project that we won't have you, because that's not true. Because I, I really like the open discussion, you know, that we've been having lately, and that's why sometimes I have more than one or two authors on because it's a lot of opinions, and I do write down notes. I mean, I have learned a tremendous amount since I've done the blog talk shows from my guests. So I think that people really can learn, you know, you never, you know, you never know everything. That's so true. I but, think you know, that, that, that what, what I look for when I come on your show is, number one, to get out to all of my fans and everything. But I have, I have five Facebook pages that I use for, basically to promote myself. But, it, but my total reach is almost a quarter of a million people. Yeah. So when I put a, when I put out a post or something, it goes out to a quarter of a million people. Now that doesn't mean that they're all going to stop and look at it, but you know, ten percent of that, you know, that's twenty five thousand people, and then maybe yeah. twenty five will go to the book page, and maybe two hundred fifty will buy books, and you know, two hundred fifty 
books a day, five hundred dollars a day, I'll take it any day of the week. So if I can get any strength tomorrow night, I'll I'll call in. <laughs> no, <laughs> okay. Well then you might you might want to join us next week while we do audio books because this is a new yeah, we're having a show with uh Kevin Iggins is the um he narrated My Love Changes and uh he's just been starting out, I guess, and he has he's done a lot of westerns and things like that and I so I'm have you know, I, I think it's important for people to with the audio books so I'm I'm going to have a show with that. I'm having Cindy McDonald, who's been a guest and loves audiobooks. So we really have never devoted like the whole show to audiobooks. So I think we're going to have that, you know, because I think like Virginia and I with the children's books, you know, um, when people read the children's books and the audiobook the same time when kids read it or listen to it, they, uh, they learn better. I, I myself, like when I'm listening to an audiobook, I hear every last word. Right. You know, and when I'm reading it, I have to admit I skip uh, over, and you know, I think I'm, there's a lot of people like me out there, you know. But when I hear something, I am yeah. not forgetting that I heard it, you yeah, know. So yeah. we're going to have that show next week, and um, any, you know, Jim, you know, you're always welcome to come on the show, as Mike knows. And you know, if you want to join in on some of the shows, like what you, what you did that night was just come on and talk. And that's how, like Mike is right, that's how we all meet people that way, you know, because yeah, we just, and, you know, and, and we I, like doing it. I appreciate it. you having me on uh, tonight. I mean, it, it's well, we, we are, almost didn't get you on. We it, almost didn't get you on. It's not only fun, but it, but it's something I think. You know, writers need to take seriously. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. That, that, uh, that, that it's an opportunity. Uh, well, I think you know it's good to be able to share with other authors because the truth of the matter is, you know that most people, you know, uh, think that authors we are a little different. Somebody was on my show last week and they asked the question. They said, "Do any of you?" feel like you've got a lot going on in your mind and a lot of books and characters and we all answered yes so beside we could be sitting watching a movie and we have our characters in our heads so i think that that's how we are you know we have a lot going on in our heads well that other I, I, people I don't understand people, i think people are curious about the, the writing game the art of it yeah. you, know, yeah. you know how you develop a character how do you tell a story? You know, I've, you know, I've heard you know people say, "I've got these stories in my head, and you know, I just don't know how to get them down on paper." And you know, what's your secret? Well, there is no secret, of course. You know, you got to yeah. sit down and you know stare the screen down and just start writing. But uh, right. um, but people want to understand, you know, what it is you do. They, they they think of it as some folks think of it as like alchemy. You know, yeah. and they're you know, curious in how you go about you know doing what you do, uh, and and they, they they you know the the live interviews and live uh, uh, events I've done, that's what I find people are most interested in. How did you write your book, and how did you develop your character? Yeah. Yeah. What do you come up? How, how do you come up with uh, you know the material for your book? Um, mm-hmm. And shows like this you know give you the opportunity to, to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think I I mean, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm thinking even when you guys are all out in public, you get the same thing. I mean, I actually had that um, opportunity today, which is another thing, Marsh and I've talked about, is how we don't ever, when we're out and about, and even on the show, talk too much about our own our own books right. and, and, the, right. and our own writing. But today, um, I work I work for um, a, a police department. I'm their outreach manager, so I help them with all their marketing and stuff and their PR and. 
and everything. And they had um, an audit at the at the agency that I work for and with the FBI, which is something that happens every few years just to make sure that they're meeting, you know, protocols are, are compliant to state and federal regulations and stuff. And um, I told the FBI guy I'd take him for, you know, over to where, our, where the servers are for the, for the agency. And so he was riding in my car with me. And um, we started talking. He's like, so how would you get working over, you know, at the PD? And I started laughing. I'm like, well, my background's marketing and writing and stuff. And, of course, you know, I made the word, you know, said the word writing. He's like, oh, have you written any books? And all of a sudden, you know, I said, yeah, you know, I've had one that's won an award. And he didn't care what book. He didn't ask me the titles of my books. He really focused more on exactly what you just said. Yeah. Well, how do you get those stories out? You know, what inspires you to write? Are you writing because you work in, you know, at a at a police department? Are you writing true crime? Are you writing, you know, fictional crime novels? And then when he found I wrote children's and young adult books, he kind of looked at me like, how does that <laughs> tie in? Right. To, well, to you never know where you can find. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, you know, because people, but, you know, I think that's true that when the more you talk about it, it is hard to talk about yourself a lot. But, you know, when you do, people actually are very interested in writers. So I agree with what you're saying. They do, you know, and um, I, I'm bad at it. I'm, get, I'm trying to get better at it, you know, uh, to talk about myself. Because I love to listen to everybody else's stories because that's where I get my stories and characters just from different characteristics of people. You know, I think, uh, you know, writers, that's what we do. We like hearing other people's stories, and then we somehow, I, you know, sometimes I'll say it to myself, oh, I'll get, I remember that line because I'm going to put that somewhere, you know. I'm sure you guys do the same thing. Is that anybody oh, I, feel I, that I, way? You know, I, I think poaching is the highest form of flattery there is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will sit down and talk with you about writing if you want to listen and you're, and you're seriously interested in it. Till yeah. the cows come home, inevitably, I reveal something about myself. You know, whereas if you ask me about myself, I I'm, I might shy away and not talk about it, uh, yeah. or, or deflect it with uh, you know self-deprecating remarks or whatever. But if you talk, you get me talking about writing and storytelling. Well, you can't shut me up. Yeah. And inevitably, I do love it too. I mean, we all love it. That's why we come on these shows. That's why the shows are so interesting because we we can talk about it here with people that are interested. And you know, we all see certain characteristics that you know. Sometimes you know you're surprised that somebody else does something. You think it maybe you're unique and you did it yourself. But then sometimes somebody else says, "You go, oh great, you know, you do that too." Because sometimes you know you don't really know what other writers do, but a lot of us have a lot of things in common, you know, and that's what brings us together. Because we do. Once we start talking about writing, it's about writing, not about anything else. You know, so it's fun, I think. You know, which I agree. So on that night, I you know on that note, maybe we should just end this show, and hopefully we'll have another one with you. Yo, Owen will be on it another time. So you guys want to come on when we plan that show? That's great. We'll have another talk about different things that we do. You know, because every every day something new happens. You know, in the you know how we feel and how we change. You know, so I think that's a good thing. So Jim, do you want to give us your website and where they can find you? Sure, you can find me. Uh, best site is probably the Amazon site, uh, www.amazon.com slash author slash Jim Nesbitt. And uh, both my books are up on Kindle and paperback. 
the, the last second chance of the first one. The second book is called The Right Wrong Number. Both are hard-boiled detective thrillers set in Texas and feature a battered Dallas P.I. by the name of Ed Earl Birch. And we should, and you know, and uh, you're writing all the time now, so you know you'll be coming out with new books also. But you have a lot that you've written about yourself on Amazon, so they can see you, you know, because you you're in. You know, a lot of people don't write a lot on Amazon, but you've written everything you do. Mike, you too. I mean, Mike, you have a lot written on you too. So, Mike, do you want to say your website? Yeah, basically, you know, I don't do a website because right, you do right. So when I when I on my business cards and what I help people is just Google my name and uh, there's there's uh, Mike Pettit author and you'll uh, get a ton of stuff that comes up and kind of cherry pick what you want to read or not read. But uh, do you do do you do most of your uh, marketing on Facebook or do you do a lot of other things besides that? I know I, you do Twitter and I know you do yeah. I do Snapchat, I do uh, uh, Facebook, I do Twitter, I do uh, press releases, I send uh, print, I send out to top 100 newspapers every time I write a new book, I send the press kit out, uh, I go to make, as many conferences as I can, I volunteer for a yeah. panel, you know, just get the, get the brand out, and, uh, yeah. But uh, I do I do a lot of promoting on uh, Facebook, mainly because of the reach um, that I can get the audience that I can reach out to. Like for example, I had one book that that came out was a few months ago, North of Mulholland, that was number one in India. <laughs> you know, but here here well, it's wrong. Well, I. <laughs> Well, I know because yeah, you really you know you really do quite a bit of marketing. Yeah, I mean I know that you know six hours. You know it's a lot, a lot of marketing, but I get it's paying off for you, so that's a good thing. But you also have a lot of books. Yeah, I do. I have twenty nine books. That's and, one. That's uh, the other thing. See, yeah, that's that's the thing. Yeah, I've got westerns. I've got crime. I've got romance. I mean, I'm all over the place. But it, but it's yeah. what I enjoy doing because. And, and we are all writers, and that's what we like to do. But you're still writing to your same audience. They, they, you have the, yeah. your audience likes all the things that you do. The one like crossover readers, like you know, romance is, is the largest selling genre in the business. Yeah, and I know. I can cannot write a romance thing worth a dollar. So you know, I, I tried the co-writing uh, with a, a woman, and that didn't work. That turned into a, a six-month ordeal. But it, but it was a, a good experience. So, but I don't I don't co-author anymore. But uh, romance is uh, romance uh, humor uh, are really popular right now. But of course, so is the basic crime story. Crime. I don't know what it is about reading reading public and fiction. I, I think that's is. probably a genre that people. That's you know that's I, you know even though they say romance sells very good, but I think people really love good thrillers, good dramas. I mean, and they they love that. You know, I mean, that's just how it is. They just love it. You know, yeah. and even though romance maybe sells a little better, they people still like a good drama and a good murder mystery. They still love that. That's never going to change. That's why I combined all the popular things. I've got I've got a drunk. Investigator, an alcoholic investigator, that <laughs> <laughs> has uh, illicit affairs, illicit romance, and, and there's always a kid in there, and uh, you know, and it's no good, you know. Yeah, uh, I mean, we that, could all take that, a, those are the ones. 
I would say those are the yep. ones, Mike, that I've read. The key to our business is to have as many books out there as you can and just never stop promoting. You know, honestly, you know, I, I'm not saying this because Virginia's on the air, but Virginia does a great book tour. She's not doing them anymore. She does a, a really good tour that I did with her years ago, and it's like it's so thorough, you know, but she's not doing it now because she's really thorough. A lot of times these book tours now are not the same way. So, you know, that's why people, even though they're touring, they need to do a lot more than, you know, just wait for the tour to happen. So, yeah. you know. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll have a show on marketing soon, too. You know, I mean, we keep doing different shows, as you know. You know, and I, I just I want to know things, and the audience wants to know, and the guests like to meet each other. So, you know, a lot of times people that are on the show, they've not really talked to each other. They've only emailed each other and uh, Facebook. So they really, you know, that's why when we open the conversation, you know, people get to talk to each other, which is a good thing. I mean, I like that. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on in Virginia Thank you. Good thing you were home today. I couldn't have gotten I, first time in all these years, so there must be something wrong with the lines going into. Well, it was, Black it was a good way to get my feet wet and back into the show. I'm glad. Didn't you have fun today? It was good. I did, and, and 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 I love doing this. It's just you know the past year has just been you know crazy, I know. and I was on the back end of World of Ink and. It's, I know, you know, but we're hanging in there. It, we're doing. It, yeah, we're, so we're it's okay. Nice, it's nice being back on the air. So I'll definitely be back. Oh, good. I'm glad. All right. So and thank you all, and thank you tonight. And I guess you'll just, I'll just, you'll end the show because I am not in control of anything right here, which is not a good thing. Well, thanks, thanks, thanks again for having me. Uh, on oh, you're show, welcome. Mark. And you know, and, anything uh, that you have that you want posted, just send me. And we'll post it, you know. And Mike, too, just send me, if you want, you know, whatever, you have a new book, you have something you want to, or an event you're at, just we'll post it because we like to do that. And and, and let me add that uh, when I grow up, I want to be Mike Pettit. Okay. (laughs) Oh, listen to that, Mike. See, now that's what you could tell your ex-wives, Mike. Mike, that's what you could tell the ex-wives, that all these guys want to be just like you. (laughs) (laughs) No, they Trust me. <laughs> we could have a show with you and all your ex-wives. How would that be? <laughs> all right. On that note, thank you all for coming. Thank you for coming yeah. on. Talk to you Bye. soon. Bye-bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.